Hey there, and welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast, your place for weekly sermons, church updates, and more. You're currently tuning into our weekly sermon cast, so grab a pen and notebook or get your notes app ready, and let's dive right into it. Last week, we started a new series, and we're talking about the church, and uh, I know the church has gotten a bad rap, and for good reason. Uh, sometimes because of things that have happened. But I want to talk to you today about how God uses the church as an agent of transformation to bring transformation to lives. How many of you would say that my life has been impacted, changed, or transformed by the church. Yeah, isn't that awesome? And so uh, that, that's what God wants to do. Did you know he, he doesn't use angels so much as he'll use humans. He'll use people uh, to be his hand extended, to reach out and touch others. And even though, again, the church sometimes fails in this and, and flops and uh, doesn't look so transformational and maybe looks more confrontational, uh, Jesus' way was to touch the lepers. Uh, Jesus' way was to befriend the prostitutes and to enlist in his group the outside tax collectors who many people thought shouldn't be included. There's some I know that are in the church that get that wrong and get narrow-minded, hypocritical, and judgmental. And I just want to say to anybody who's ever been hurt by the church, uh, whatever church that was, that the reason you were hurt is because the church is full of humans. Okay? Uh, that's the problem. If it weren't for that, my wife and I talk about, you know, if it weren't for people, this job would be a breeze, you know? <laughs> be, it wouldn't be hard. But uh, people, people. And uh, Jesus loved those who hated him. Uh, those who hurt him, those who abused him, he still loved them and blessed them, and welcomed them, even the ones that religion had rejected. And 23 years ago, uh, we started this church in this community in the Regal Shiloh Crossing Cinema. And uh, I think they've got a picture of back in the day uh, of what we looked like. That's what we looked like 23 years ago. And uh, we wanted to start a life-giving church in Avon, a life-giving church that people could come as you are, whatever the baggage might be, that everyone would be welcome, that God would just do the transforming, that God would do the 
change in people's lives that God had not put us here to change people. As a matter of fact, if you're getting ready to get married, uh, please don't go into it thinking, I will change him. (laughs) All right? I will change her. Uh, You might need to rethink that. Our mission has always been to bring people into full life in Christ because Christ is the Savior, Christ is the healer, Christ is the deliverer, Christ is all you need. Can I get a good amen? Jesus didn't come to condemn. He didn't come to bring religion religion or rituals. He came to bring life and life to the full. And we just took that verse on, John 10, 10, where Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full as our marching orders in this community. But I want to go back once again this week to the very first church. Okay, so this is just raw. This is right out of the womb of God. This is uh, fresh stuff. When the church got started, and again, it's awesome that we have a history book called the Book of Acts that uh, a doctor back in the day, 2,000 years ago, uh, recorded these things for us as he watched and observed and was part of that first church. And so he wrote these things down, and miraculously, they have been preserved in an incredible way so that we can have a copy of it in our hands today and read it ourselves. And so Acts chapter 2 and verse 42 is where I want to start today. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Notice that. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily, Luke says, those who were being saved. God has something special for his church. And today I want us to focus on how God intended for his church to be transformational. Transformational. That when the church comes into the community, the community begins to change. The community begins to be transformed. And already today, So many of you, I think about all of you, said in some way or another, your life has been changed or transformed by the church of Jesus Christ. So how can we be transformational today in 2023? I think we better be this. 
is what I think. And so church, I, I want us to, and, and if you're not in the church and this is the reason why you dropped out or whatever, I hope that today you'll get a glimmer of hope of what the church can be, should be, was intended to be so that you would choose to maybe try it again and align yourself with what Jesus said he would build on the earth. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. So transformational in three different ways. Let me go through them with you. The first one that I see here in this text is they're transformational in devotion. They're transformational in their devotion. And we need to be in our devotion. Notice this in that very first verse we read, verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. It's very important that they devoted themselves. And this word is, is a big word in the New Testament, the word for devoted. In the Greek, it's proskartario. Okay, everybody say that, proskaterio. All right, so you learned some Greek today. All right, so you're smarter than your friends. Uh, <laughs> proskaterio is to live in a constant state of relentless pursuit, persistent, ongoing, obstinate devotion. Does that describe your life? It's also in the imperfect tense, which means that it's ongoing action. In other words, it's not a one-time event that I, I, I went to church and I dedicated myself to God. I devoted myself to God on, and you give the date. No, this is an ongoing repetition of committing themselves day after day after day. And so maybe to help us to understand how can we proskaterio, it would be maybe looking at your life now because maybe you already do proskaterio. It's just with your kids. You're very devoted. You're, you're wrapped up in your kids or your career. Or maybe it's a hobby that you have, and you're all about that hobby. You think about it all the time. Or maybe it's fantasy football, and you're just determined, I'm going to be the champion this year in my office. Uh, maybe it's TikTok. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's success. Maybe it's your house, and, and you're just committed to that. Or maybe it's a vacation that you're committed to. Or maybe it's the Taylor Swift tickets and you're determined to get those and go to that thing. The first century Christians were not casual. They didn't live comfortable. They weren't cultural Christians. Just to, you know, they didn't just wear Christian T-shirts they didn't just have a Christian bumper sticker or a bracelet or wear a cross from their neck. 
They were full on, all in, sold out, fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Now, how did they do that? Why, why did they do that? What, what was the proscatario? What was it? And it says here, they devoted themselves to the word. They, they followed God's word. They didn't follow what Twitter or X or whatever it is says now. They didn't follow what TikTok says. They didn't follow what the friends around them said. They followed God's word. They stayed in fellowship with each other and they devoted themselves to prayer to hear from God. And I would say to you that anytime the church gets away from those things, it's missed the mark. And friend, if you've gotten away from those things, you're missing the mark in devotion. Here's the second thing that I see that they were transformational in. They were transformational in generosity. In generosity. I believe that they were illogically generous as a church. I mean, if you, if you read this in, in this setting of chapter four, they would sell a house and bring the money to the church. They would sell properties. They would sell things. And they would say, here, if, if there's a need, just use this. And they would lay it at the apostles' feet to be distributed to those in need. They sold their possessions to give to anyone who had need. Notice this in verse 45. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And look at verse 33. God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. Listen, they didn't need the government to take care of them. They, the church took care of them. And here's what's happened is the church has abandoned some of its responsibility, given it over to the government, and then anytime pretty much, and I know this is a little critical, but anytime the government gets involved, does it get better? No. <laughs> okay, so, so for the most part, it gets more complicated and, and there's more room for abuse because there's no way to track all the people that need help. But when the church did it, they knew the people. And they knew how to, hey, let's coach you back to work. You know, you don't need to just sit at home and get a check and things like that. Well, you, you know, okay, you got some hard hits and whatever, but we'll get you back. And, and you know, and, and Ralph over here, he wants to hire you. And he wants to help you to build up your self-esteem and, and to get back out there and to feel good about yourself again. See, what happens is the church was supposed to be that. And, and, and so when the church steps up and does illogical generosity, I, I just think back at the beginning of the church 23 years ago. Before we ever had a service, we were getting ready to launch, and we were in our, 
my home church and getting ready to launch, and they had a missionary that was visiting. And the missionary had the boldness to come to me and ask me to sponsor them. And I said, well, we haven't started yet. And they said, that's okay. That's all right. You can sponsor us anyway. And I thought, well, why not? You know, there was something in me. I just thought, you know, who does that? That's crazy, you know. I haven't even had one offering or anything. I don't know if the first week's offering will be $2 or what. You know, I, I don't have any idea. I have no promise. And I said, okay, we'll do that. And, and I have had people since then say to me about this church who have come into this church, this is the most generous church that I have ever been in in all of my life. And I love that. I love that. And I was just talking to one of our volunteers last week out at the coffee, uh, and, and, and they were tearing up telling me how that they have come into the church, their life's been changed, it's been transformed. Now they volunteer, and they said, you know, I just had a trouble with the whole tithing thing and whatever, but then I, I just started to do it, and I wanted to let you know, and this is when the tears started flowing. They said, I just was able to buy a car, new car, for the first time in my life. And they attribute it to what they released to God that God released back to them. See, you can't outgive God. You can't outgive God. We are going to be a crazy, generous church. It's just who we are, okay? And, and so if you're not about being crazy, generous, you either need to get in or maybe get out because, and I say that, and I know that sounds harsh, but I'm just telling you, you're going to get uncomfortable because we're going to give away and, and we're going to do and we're going to reach our world for Jesus and it's going to cost some money. And, and to do quality children's ministry and youth ministry, young adult ministry, to minister to the down and out and the up and out, to minister all throughout this community, to partner up with people like Sheltering Wings and all, it takes money, okay? And, and it even took it 2,000 years ago, all right? But we're gonna reach people that have never been reached before. And, and we're gonna make a difference in our world. This is what we do. It's who we are. We're the church. And we believe when Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive, that he was speaking the truth. So we're gonna be transformational in devotion. We're gonna be transformational in generosity. And we're gonna be transformational in sharing. Notice this, that they shared, and, and as they shared and boldly shared, all right? I, I want to put the emphasis on that. They boldly shared. They, they proskaterio, they, they were devoted to sharing their experience. And listen, folks, this is where we, we've got to get to in America. 
America needs people who will share their experience with other people. Okay? So uh, let me say it this way. Uh, We've got to come out of the closet. Did I get your attention? We've got to come out and, and, and not hide back. And I say, oh, I don't want to be offensive. I, I don't want to. And listen, just like the Lord's timing, somebody before this service said to me, my wife, uh, I wanted to tell you, my wife was at Kroger last week. And um, we, we needed some hot dog buns. We were going to do a fire pit and grill some hot dogs. And, and uh, we didn't have the buns, so she ran up the store and took a little bit longer And I was talking to her about what happened. And she said, well, I was in there and I smiled at somebody. And uh, they smiled back. And just kind of not like they didn't know what I was smiling about. And so I said hi to them. and, And a conversation opened up. And they said, you're the first person who said hi to me in a long time. Last week, I talked about loneliness, how you can be in Kroger with however many people and lonely. And she said, well, you know, I'd like to pray with you in Kroger, okay, like I talked about. And, And so she shared with her, prayed with her. She said, well, I have taken my kids to that crossroads church for, I think it was some kind of Halloween party, something. And she said, well, it's coming up again. And you need to bring your kids to to that event. And you don't have to wait until then to bring them. You can come this week. And right there, that lady got to know that God loves her enough that he put somebody in Kroger to pray with her, to love on her, to invite her, and and to share with her. And that's what we've got to be about, church. Come on, we've got to be about sharing Jesus. Who is the only one who can save us? Who's the only one who can redeem us? Who's the only one that can heal us? Who's the only one who's our only hope? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And so it says in verse 47 that the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Every day. See, not just Sunday. I love it that every Sunday people come to know Jesus inside this building and outside this building. Somebody today, you're watching and you're wondering why you're watching and it's because you're gonna get saved today. You're gonna call on Jesus and he's gonna be made real in your life maybe for the very first time and that's the whole reason why you're watching. And, and I love that, but listen, I love it that Jesus shows up at Kroger. Come on, somebody. 
I love it that he shows up at your break room at work, that he shows up in the cafeteria at school, that he shows up on the bus there and on the bus home, that he shows up wherever we show up because we bring Jesus with us. See, every week we're presenting the gospel in a way that you could bring somebody with you that's not saved. I hope you understand that. I hope you feel that. That any given Sunday, you could say, you know what? This is a great Sunday for you to come to church. Oh, well, why? Why? Because every Sunday is a great Sunday for you to come to church at my church, right? At my church, every Sunday is a good Sunday. And, and so as we do that, and, and as we're faithful to do that, God's going to keep changing our community for the better. Come on. Jesus is the only hope. I was talking to somebody this week. He's the one who can break chains. He's the one who can break addictions. He's the one that can set people free. I only know one person who is able to do what no other power can do, and his name is Jesus. It really is. Our God is able to do far exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. I want to invite you to be a part of the church. I want you to join in with the church, to live a dangerous life, to change the object of your devotion, maybe from one of those things I talked about or mentioned earlier, to change it from that to God and his church. And, and to put the object of your devotion to be Jesus. But I want to warn you. Let me give you some warnings, all right? You ready? Say, I'm ready. All right, I want to make sure you're with me. Here, here's a warning. If you start doing what they did and read God's word, you need to be careful, very careful, because God's word is alive. It is powerful. It can do what no other word, what no other book, what no other writing can do because it's the inspired words of God. I'm going to encourage you, but yet warn you about going to growth track here. Because if you do, you're likely to serve in the church. And if you serve in the church, you got to be very careful because it's very, very, very addictive. Okay? Uh, we've had people that have gotten addicted to serving, okay? Just, just want to serve. And, and when we have extra events like Serve Day or, or when we have Christmas Store, they not only want to serve on Sunday, they want to serve on Saturday too. It's unheard of. Two days in a row. I want to encourage you, but warn you about joining a life group. If you do, you're likely to start caring for people like God cares for people. 
And if they wind up in the hospital, you're likely to go visit them and stay a while and share with them. You're likely to get involved in, in, in who can we help in our church? Who, who could we, you know, there's eight of us, there's 10 of us, there's 12 of us, whatever it is. And, and what could we do as, as a group to make a difference as our group in the world? Who could we minister to? And, and, and let me give you a warning. If you start tithing like the guy I talked about earlier, you need to be careful because your heart will follow where your money goes. And Jesus said that. He said, you need to be careful because wherever your money goes, your heart is gonna go also. And then I wanna warn you about praying daily like they did. They would pray daily. You need to be very careful because God answers prayer and miracles could happen. Absolute divine miracles. You could see God move in your kids, in your family, your marriage, your money, your life, your influence. He could move anywhere that prayer can be spoken. God can move. And God can speak to you as well, not just you speaking to God. And it's a powerful experience. How many know that? I, I think if you do those things, here, here's the other danger, is you could just fall in love with the church all over again. And just say, you know what? The church has a lot of warts, a lot of hang-ups and problems and people, right? But I love it. I love it. There's nothing like it. And I want to be a part of it. And I think that the imagery that this early church had was somewhat of, of the image that Paul shares with us. And I don't have time to read the whole thing, but you can go home and read it this afternoon. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, Paul says the church is, is kind of like a body. And, and so he used a body to demonstrate to people that this is how the church works. And, and so he says, you know, the foot can't say to the hand, I don't have any need of you. So I thought, now how can I help you to remember this message today? And so I brought something with me. And since it's October, since it's October, it's appropriate, okay, for October. And um, so the, the other one had a bunch of gore and whatever, and I thought that was a little too much for us today. So, so you're welcome. I brought this one. Uh, how many remember the Adams family? It kind of takes you back. Okay, so how many think this is a little gross? <laughs> right? It's just, and it's out of place. You know? It's just, it's just out of place. I'm, I'm just not going to have this laying around in my house. And, and Paul says... This is how some people live their lives. 
they're kind of like a detached hand. They're, they're kind of like, you know, I want to be, I like Jesus, and I, and I want Jesus in my life, but I don't want to go to church. I don't want to be connected into a church. I don't see why you have to join a church. I, I, I just think I can be my own thing, can't I? And just serve Jesus on my own. And I just want to say as lovingly as possible, according to the Apostle Paul, no. No. I'm sorry, you, you can't. Paul says it's weird. It's gross. It, it's not something that, that should be. That it's a beautiful thing when the whole body's together, right? Because it's amazing. This hand can't do anything, hardly. I mean, it's a paperweight, <laughs> but that's about it. But what can we do if we as the living body of the Lord Jesus come together? I believe the imagery is that we're the body of Christ. Yeah, the body of Christ took off one day, left this world and said, I'll be back. But in the meantime, you and I are the body. And, and as the body, we're to be about what Jesus was about. Oh, I need some help today. Come on. Amen. We're to be what Jesus said. We're to be his hands and feet, his voice in the community. People should say, Jesus is at Crossroads Church. He's at Crossroads Church. And wherever Crossroads Church goes, he's there too. He just shows up through them. And Jesus was an agent of change. See, the human body is a demonstration of what miracle can happen if we would come together. If we would just come together. Because Jesus, I'm going to put this away. Jesus was an agent of change. When Jesus walked into a room, how many know hell was nervous? Demons trembled. They'd even speak out and say, we know you've got the power to do whatever with us. When, when Jesus stepped into a room, power stepped into a room. Church, that's who we yes. are. Whether it's Kroger or it's in your neighborhood, if it's across the fence, if it's in the school cafeteria, I don't care where it is, when you show up, hell ought to be nervous. And, and as we are the church, as we be the church, 
and we go and, and, and share, not just come to church, but we go and be the church. We are the church. And listen, then the loneliness in our culture begins to disintegrate. It gets solved. And it doesn't get solved by new government program. It gets solved by the grace and glory of Jesus in his people. Let's pray. Father, you're able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or imagine according to the power that works in us. So God, help that power to work in us today. Maybe you're here today and you say, Craig, I, I want to be a part of the life-giving church of Jesus. I want to I be his hands and his feet. I, I want to be his hand extended. I, I want to be used of God. Wherever I go, I, I want to be used of God. I want to be a part of the church that Jesus is coming back for that he is building in the world today. And I want to be a part of it. I, I want to live in the power of the Spirit as he intended for me to do. If that's your prayer, just raise your hand all over this room. Just say, yeah, I'm volunteering all over again. I am. I, I'm volunteering all over again. I'm going to be a part of God's church in this world today. Father, we need your church. We need it to operate in the way it was intended to operate. And so God, help us to do that. Help us to lay aside our differences and to come into unity in the power of the Spirit so that we are indeed your hands and feet united to do exploits in your name, to do incredible work like we're already doing, God. But how much more could we do if all hands were on deck? If every foot was attached? If every ear was attached? If every eye, if every part of your body was together? What could be done? God, we ask that your kingdom come, your will be done through this church in the power of your spirit. We thank you for it. While we're still praying. There may be some. Maybe you left church because it didn't look like the Bible. Maybe you left church, you left faith, whatever that looked like because you didn't think it looked like it ought to. But today, maybe you say, Craig, if, if it could look like that church, that church in the book of Acts, if, if I could be a part of that church, I would be a part of that. I, I want to be a part of the work of God in the world. I don't want to be detached. And so today, 
Maybe you say, I'm, I'm coming back to God or I'm coming to God to align myself with what I, I believe is God's dream for this world and that is to be impacted through the church of Jesus Christ. If you'd like to not accept the church but accept Jesus today into your life to be a part of his powerful body in the earth today, if you'd like to be a part of that, will you just raise a hand? Say, yeah. Yeah, I I would do that. I I want to be a part of that. Online, just type the word decided in the chat. The word decided. We're going to be praying for you. As a matter of fact, let's everyone pray this prayer so that those around us will pray it. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to come into the world, to die on the cross, to pay for every sin. And I know I've sinned, but I want to start over. And I want to join your family and be a part of what you're doing in the world. So, Lord, as I pray to you, would you take away my sin? Give me a new beginning from this day forward. As much as I know how, I surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Church family, let's welcome those who prayed that prayer. In person or online, you can type the word decided, text it, and uh, we can follow up with you and just be praying for you. Uh, Otherwise, if you need to take another step, we'll be doing baptism service here shortly. And in person, you can just go across the hall and find out more information about all those steps with someone who'd be glad to talk to you about it. All right, let's stand to our feet. Our worship team is coming. If you need prayer, we have prayer partners. They're going to be down here at the front to pray with you about whatever situation you may have in your life today. And you just say, I need some prayer. I need somebody to pray with me, to pray for me. Hey, that's what the church does, right? That's what we do. And we want to pray for you. Father, help us today to put into practice what you intended in the early days of your church. We ask God that we would be the church, not just go to church, but be the church and be your hands and feet to this community this week like never before. Holy Spirit, draw every person who needs prayer to come and receive the prayer that they need. God, we thank you for it. 